You're listening to Tracks FM's podcast. If you've enjoyed our content, more podcasts are available on the RTM Click app and website. Let us know what you think. Please email us at tracksfm.rtm at gmail.com. Like and follow us on social media at Tracks FM Official. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the second hour of Tracks Momentum. Well, as I said, it's a spectrum today, and we're welcoming you to the show. And today, we will explore the extraordinary abilities and the unique needs of gifted children. And at the same time, we'll also try to shed some light on uh, the advocacy efforts that are underway that make actually a profound impact on the lives of these kids. I'm Anil on the mic. And I'm delighted to have our guest in the studios for the second time this week. Her name is Florence Chua, and uh, she is fondly addressed as a gifted advocate, apart from a day job. Florence, good morning and welcome to the studios. Good morning. Thank you for having me here. You're welcome. When I, like, like I was telling you in the break earlier before the show, when I first saw this, uh, that I'm going to interview you, and I read the uh, preamble and the questions, the first thing that struck my mind was Professor X from X-Men, and uh, I think uh, you are perhaps going to go uh, on your way to have an own academy of gifted children. Yep, that's my dream. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's start things off. Perhaps you can enhance uh, the understanding of our listeners and let them know what really is giftedness. Okay. Hmm. Okay, so this is like a really big topic. Yeah. I could probably do many segments on it, but I'll sure. try my best to give like an overview. Please. So maybe we start off how I even came to, to know of this. Um, like a year back, um, a child, one of my eldest child, he started having like um, depressive symptoms. Mm. He was like playing a game with me and, and when he lost, he started hitting his head with his hands really hard with his fist. I was like, what mm. are you doing? I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. I'm like, I want to make myself more stupid. I was like, okay, and then, and then he went on to say, I want to die. I was like, what? It's mm. like, I want to die so that everyone will be happier. I was like... Oh. At that very tender age? Yeah, just before he turned six. Wow. I was like, what is this? This cannot be ADHD. I always thought it was ADHD because mm. he was always running around and always not focusing, always getting scolded by teachers, disruptive. But I was like, I don't think that's ADHD, right? Because, yeah, so I was like googling, googling, advanced learner, mature thinker, I don't know. And then I came upon this word gifted. Mm. So I, I got in touch with the National Association of Gifted Children Malaysia, NAGCM, um, on Facebook. Mm. Okay, and then right. and I messaged them and, and they, someone got in touch with me and, and listened to my story. And mm. she's like, hmm, I'll come in. I'll come and see your child. You know, it's mm. hard for me to gauge. Yeah, so she made an effort to come. And so like, mm, he has very unique responses. And yeah, he does, he does, you know, so, so this is another trait of gifted, like mm. sort of out of the box thinkers. So, so speaking yeah. about traits of gifted, I know yeah. when, you know, when you started off by explaining about giftedness, I know there are, there are <laughs> lots of parents out there who would already start to, you know, associate these behaviors to the children, the people out there. So give them a perspective of, you know, how different is giftedness compared to attention deficit, you know, uh, hyperactivity disorder or autism, perhaps? Yeah. So mm. maybe one um, example, uh, like during assessment for my child, it's like he's moving all around and like she's like, your boy doesn't actually have ADHD. He's moving. He needs to move to think. But he's moving, he's absorbing and he can answer my question. If he has just has ADHD, he probably won't really giving you an answer wouldn't be concentrating right. yeah so that is sort of an example for him mm. i'm not saying that it's not possible to have both okay it's possible but it's very rare 
Okay, mm. it's it's more common than not. It's actually just gifted. Okay. Yeah, and they misdiagnose for ADHD because what you see is looks like ADHD. So how yeah. how how can parents identify gifted children? What are some of the common, uh, you know, Ways. common characteristics or behaviors that you can behaviors? <laughs> mm. My husband always say you just tell them like the negative ones. Usually you you like the school dropout. Oh yes, of course. Yes. Talk about the good things. Yes. Good things, really, mm. because mm. good things everyone will will assume it's all the gifted children will display good things. Mm. But most often than not, it's the bad things that finds out. You know, makes them wonder what's up. Let's and let's take a yin and yang approach. Okay. Give us both ends of the spectrum. Sure. Yeah. All right. Mm. So I think the good things is they ask um, very interesting questions, right? They mm. will wonder about even like today at dinner. It's like, why is this darker than usual at this time? I'm like, oh. Inquisitive kids. Yeah. I'm like, All right, okay. That's like, you know, daylight savings, uh, things like that. I was like, mm. and then um, for another example is when he's brushing teeth, mm-hmm. he, he takes forever because I wait for him. Why are you taking so long? And I'll start scolding and scolding. And one day I just went to see what's he up to. Mm. And he was experimenting with his um, brush mm. cup, right? Like a water cup. Mm. It's like drowning flies, adding soap, mixing bubbles. Just He's just like little scientists in the making. Mm. Yeah. And, and all, all the while I was scolding him. So I was like, okay, maybe I should give him an avenue to like experiment with this outside of bedtime mm-hmm. so that when he's at bedtime, he'll just brush and go. Okay. Yeah, so a lot of misunderstanding for these kids to okay. get hold of, but okay. they're actually just trying to be little scientists, little mm. artists. Yeah. And and you know it, it it's it's often that the general consensus out there is that giftedness, you know, it's something that doesn't see in no creed, no color, no race. You know, it affects every child across the the border. Yeah. Um. But can you uh, elaborate on the importance of inclusivity here? Yeah. Mm. So it's like I mean a rough gauge would be like the top two percent. Okay. Mm. We look of like. I think IQ is the easiest way to gauge, right? Because that's the only measurable one. We have a lot of other intelligences like musical, creative, um, EQ, things Mm. like that. But maybe we make it easier, for example. So um, 2%, it's like regardless, the whole population. It doesn't matter whether you're in the city or Mm. in the rural. So you can find the same same percentage of gifted Mm. in the rural. And in fact, the rural areas would have even richer resources in terms of they will probably know more about the herbs, the nature, Mm. right? Things that we don't know, right? So they will have the, you know, sort of talent in that because Mm. they've been exposed to it and nurtured it. And even like folklore, Mm. you know, all this creative, imaginative stuff. So they are like the Mm. pros and and I'm sure you heard of like what they call shamans and wise men. Yeah, so that is is the gifted people. But not all is that extent. Then of mm-hmm. course, okay. you know, okay. there's of course various levels of giftedness. You've got mild, moderate, high, exceptional, wow. and between each is very different. So the further you go away from the average, mm. it's very different. So even a mild can't really probably get a, a profoundly gifted one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does this profoundly impact the quality of their lives as they grow up? Definitely will. Mm. Okay. To what extent? To what extent? Mm. Um, I give you an example. Okay. Sure. So we always use tests to measure, right? These mm. people. So let's give a simple MCQ question, like a, a poem about um, this king and then eating something. And then they'll be like, A, B, C, D, or oh, no, counting money. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why is he counting money? What is he doing? So for the, for the profoundly gifted, they will think like, oh, anything's possible. A, B, and C, and D is possible. Because anything's possible. They can connect everything, right. everything. Right. And everything's and, and they will get it wrong. It's not obvious to them what the answer so is. So they don't see logic. They see everything. Everything's against possible. possible. Yeah, because their minds are like spider webs. Mm. It's like meta thinking. <laughs> but like the moderate one, they just go skip, skip, skip. Mm. Compared to average, they go step by step. 
So it's very yeah. different between the different levels as well. So <laughs> these guys don't do well with simple MCQs okay. and, and they actually, yeah. Okay. You fail those. But, 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 you know, yeah. the, it doesn't set them back from going and obtaining a tertiary education school, university. It, mm -hmm. That's why a lot of them homeschool. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, but we don't, I, I don't think it's fair for everyone to just, you know, homeschool because it's good to include them mm. and we can learn from each other. Like, I think educators and parents also need to obviously learn mm. and understand them more. Mm. And the, I think the crucial point is to teach them mm. how different they are from others okay. to understand normal people. Mm. I think that's the main thing. A lot of them didn't know that they were different mm. and they were just outcasted and for no reason they had no idea that everyone was different. So mm. once they find out, then they'll be like a little bit more patient with others, mm. a bit more forgiving of others and mm. themselves as well. So I, there's a lot of mental health involved here, mm. a lot. So it's, it's, is it mental or is it psychological, Florence? Both. I mean, mm. everything. Even like the academics. So for example, if they're such advanced mm. for their age, they... Sh um, we would recommend acceleration mm. if other factors are okay, you know, mm. sort of quite balanced. Because mm. then there'll be peers which are mm. like like-minded, sort of mm. similar, closer to age in the mental mental age. Mm. Yeah, so then they'll be happier, not mm. so childish and they don't take things so personally. Right. So actually it does, um, not only academically, when they do that, they get happier, but they're also socially happier. Mm. Yeah, so it affects in every possible way. And I'm I'm interested to know how how are they with human interactions? How are they when uh, it's time for them to socialize with other children or socializing maybe with older adults? Maybe oh. how, how do they fare on that? Actually, do pretty well mm. because they think themselves as little adults, mm. right? So they don't like to be treated like kids or babies, and <laughs> hate that the most. Okay, and they want to be okay. involved in whenever parents are talking, talk to me, talk to me, you know. Mm. And they go to strangers to talk to them as if like they know them. Mm. Yeah. So essentially, a, a parent who's got a gifted child just has to bear with the fact that their child is born fifty. <laughs> depends, <laughs> depends. Um, I know people, um, she told me her kid was five, his best friend is 13. Wow. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's good and also a bit scary at the same time because, of course, you, you would want your, friend, your, your, your kids to be friends with you know, kids of the same age. And it gets a bit scary when they yes. tend to get you know, closer to people older than that. But anyway, yes. we'll discuss this yes. in detail. We'll go in for a quick break, Florence. Hold that thought right there. I'm speaking to Florence Straw, a gifted advocate, and we're speaking about advocating and supporting gifted children right here on Spectrum at Tracks Moment. Every Tuesday, we have this segment, Spectrum. That's how esports um, really. Yes, we uh, want people to be exposed to what the current labor market situation is. I will talk about things that you normally don't hear strangers talk about. Catch Spectrum on Tracks FM, looking into matters relating to youth, arts, and culture. Stay tuned. Welcome back. Good morning to Spectrum on Tracks Momentum. I'm Anil on the mic and today I'm speaking to Florence Chua. She's a gifted advocate and uh, the topic that we're discussing about today is about advocating and supporting gifted children. Florence, welcome back to the discussion. Um, now, Florence, we often hear that, you know, gifted children, they actually face challenges in traditional educational settings as you mentioned earlier. Um, now, can you help our audience understand some of these challenges and perhaps share a real-life example, if you have, of a gifted child that you've worked with um, whose life was positively impacted by very tailored support for the child? Um, so, I think the challenge mainly mm. would be them not, like, example, the 
the MCQs, mm-hmm. right? So and they get really bored with the current syllabus because mm-hmm. they already know, right? They mm-hmm. already know um, whatever is being taught. Okay. So they will challenge, they will question mm-hmm. the teacher, and depends on the teacher. If their teachers are open to to the challenge and the questioning, then mm-hmm. it'll be fine. But if they ask to 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 shut down, mm-hmm. to keep quiet, then they'll just keep everything inside, and they'll get demotivated, and they'll just give up. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, give up's okay, but if you start disrupting the class, then that that's the other issue. Do they have a short attention span? Um, they will look like they do because mm. they already know the stuff that they're teaching. Mm. So they 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 will like look at a fly and they can think of like the most complex things about the fly. Mm. So they look like daydreamers as well. They look like they are not paying attention. So then mm. we always have to keep them one level, just one level above, mm. to keep them just nice, and they'll thrive. If you go too much, then they'll get their perfectionistic thing comes in, and then they'll just give up. If you go too low, it's too boring and demotivated. They'll give up too. Sounds so, like how my mother used to describe me as an 11-year-old boy. <laughs> something to think about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So now let's let's talk about um, asynchronous development. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in gifted children, uh, could you explain how this one affects their uh, educational, their mental, and also their social needs as well? Yeah. So yeah. of course, um, if they are like highly gifted intellectually, they may be. Um, not so developed in their writing skills or their language skills. You know, they like maths more. So mm. that um, and this basically means that they are like several different ages at once. So they mm. may be seven years old according to their date of birth, able to read with fluency as an adult, mm. um, do maths like high school kid, uh, or you know, write like a seven-year-old, mm. um, but type like a teenager. Okay. <laughs> and yet still struggling with toilet training, for example. So that. That basically gives you an idea mm. what asynchrony is. Okay. Yeah. Now, you know, after hearing you describe about gifted children and what they're able to do and, you know, sort of the the stream of their thoughts, how it flows, some people may come by to, how, does, how do I say, classify this as maybe talent. It sounds more talent than being gifted to me. So help our listeners get a better understanding, put things into perspective and context for them and Help them dichotomize talent and giftedness. What's the difference? Yeah, that's a really good question. Mm. So, because often we look at talent and we thought that's gifted. Yeah. Mm. So, gifted is sort of like an inward state of being, mm. right? So, talent is an outward manifestation of giftedness, mm. right? So, as such, a gifted child may or may not show themselves as talented. It would also depend on whether or not they had been given the opportunity and or the encouragement to develop their inherent potentials. Mm. Yeah, so it's very important to note that there are some talents that are not necessarily associated with giftedness, mm. such as ability to spell or ability to balance a stack of objects on mm. one's head. Yet, these are undoubtedly talents in mm. and of themselves. But mm. those talents that are associated with giftedness, of course, such as music, mathematics, and any other domain, in this sense, we can think of a talent as an outward manifestation of giftedness. Mm. Yeah. So how can how can parents who have gifted children identify this talent, put put their finger on it and say, yeah, my kid is gifted in all of these aspects, but he or she is talented right here. This is what I can tell. He's really, really good at that, and I want to harness that. Because sometimes it can be difficult to, like mm-hmm. I said, you know, find that perfect balance mm-hmm. and say, yeah, he's gifted. You know, he's, you know, these are the things that typical kids of his age don't do, but yeah. he's still talented in something. Yeah. How do you harness that? So I think you go by their interests, first of all. Mm, like, mm. what are they most interested in? 
And but at the same time, you also expose them to different things. Okay. So like they are actually gifted enrichment programs around. Okay. So what they do, they will combine different aspects like art combined with maths. Mm. So they build bridges. Yeah. And they tell them like the most um interesting art piece in the world is a lot of maths inside. Mm, <laughs> you know? Mm, so they mm. will the those who are good in maths will then also help those who are good in art to sort of develop the interest and they work together. Right. So being with the same like minded group okay. doing these sort of um gifted uh sort of gifted catered mm, um mm. So you create an environment of convergence for them. And mm. environment, yeah. Okay. Okay. Now you being a parent yourself, um raising your kids, how has uh the social norms, you know, in terms of the community perspective on your children over the years, <laughs> have you seen it improve? Has it hit a plateau? Or, you know, do you think there still needs to be a lot of awareness out there? What's the scene like out there? Well, to be honest, I've only discovered this a year back. Mm. Yeah, But in that year, I, I felt that the awareness is extremely poor here. Mm. Like, no one, everyone associated associates gifted with special needs. Mm. Yeah, but it's actually, it is a special need. But okay. not the one that the bottom end of the spectrum. Okay. Yeah, the, the higher end of the spectrum. So mm. that's how. And people would think that, oh, you're just a pushy parent who drives mm. your children to overachieve. You created this gifted child. Mm. So that's the myth that we often hear. But mm. in reality, gifted children are usually pushing their parents who are mm. trying to accommodate and nurture them and keep up with them. Mm. You know, but, but, however, there are some parents who do try to live like vicariously through their children and lose sight of their child's emotional well-being. Mm. So having said that, I, I strongly believe that every parent should go for therapy, you know, oh. to make sure that they are sorted out okay. before they can sort and help their kids out. Mm. And often enough, gifted kids come from somewhere, it's genetic. So either one or both parents are probably gifted too, and they're not aware of that. Mm. Maybe not as high as their child, mm. but they need to actually find it out embrace it mm. go for it. there's actually a lot of trauma associated with giftedness like because mm. they get alienated they get bullied more yeah. so so they do need to deal with that first mm. so from like sort of below baseline bring them up to baseline and then only they can thrive so okay. that applies both adults and children as well yeah now let's talk about advocacy you know advocacy can drive change in the educational landscape especially when we're dealing with gifted children um, so Florence, could you, you know, sort of share some light and discuss any specific policies or initiatives that you believe can actually enhance the educational experience for gifted children? Okay. Um, so I guess first of all would be awareness, mm. um, both parents and educators. Um, we actually do have national gifted programs mm. and actually everyone can can go for screening. Okay. Every year they have their screening time is February to May for all the nine, uh, it depends, like eight or nine, mm. up to 15. So it's a free online test, which is sort of like an IQ thing. Mm. And that's stage one. So it takes three rounds of it. So one year once, if you get past the first one, you go for a camera out of year and then same thing repeats and then they will take the, the highest of the lot, like the most profoundly ones mm -hmm. and they actually have gifted programs for them. Okay. Uh, so, that is one thing that people need to aware. And teachers need to also encourage their, their students to take it. Right. Uh, everyone, not just the ones that who are looking bright. Mm. The bright ones are the teacher's pets. Okay. Right? They are the mm -hmm. not maybe gifted too, mm. but 
they are the ones that love to learn because they don't know yet. Right. And they're very hardworking. Mm. But the gifted is the one who will take the shortcuts. They will, <laughs> they will refuse to color, get get away with it by reading a book. Okay, his reading book should be okay. But they miss out on things. Mm. So that's why they are struggling. And they don't really, they don't really know hard work. Mm. So when they go to uni, <laughs> they might yeah. struggle. Yeah. Very cute. It's a cute way to describe uh, the traits of a young kid. But when they get a bit older, yeah, I know how annoying it can get. <laughs> so you you were mentioning about uh, a national association that you're attached yes. to it that provides support. Talk to us about that. Yeah, yeah. so they, they actually helped me out um, to uh, suggest to get my kid tested. And, mm. and, and then I joined their, their association. Mm-hmm. So National Association of uh, Gifted Children Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a non-profit a voluntary basis association mm. which advocates for needs of gifted children and they provide like support for parents of children mm. with high learning potential in Malaysia. Mm. So they give opportunities for parents and, and children to meet, share, discuss the problems mm. and consult specialists on education and other matters. Mm. So if they have if if need to they, they also go and speak to teachers mm. um, of the parents who you know help them to understand better. Mm. Um, they also disseminate information to educationists, parents in general public considering the nature mm. education of and education of gifted children. Mm. They also help to assist development of local and state organizations to support the education of gifted children. Mm. So for example that our latest initiative is a public forum which will be held on the 25th of November to advocate for gifted inclusion and equal access to education. Yeah, so okay. that one is specifically for um, tertiary. Okay, yeah. right. You know, Florence, when we talk about things like this, especially, you know, children born with special needs or different conditions as opposed to other children, right? Mm. What really, you know, the thing that gives hope to parents is that when they hear success stories. Yeah. And then, you know, when you tell them, that just that... that dash of hope that says you know what miracles do happen and you have to you just have as parents you just have to be consistent and committed towards raising children that are born with special needs or giftedness and i'm pretty sure you may have a couple of success stories that we can share for our listeners for them to have that ray of light that hope that they can see the light at the end of the tunnel but hold that thought first let's jump in for a quick break and when we come back we'll talk about success stories of children that are born with giftedness keep it right here on Spectrum at Tracks Momentum. Every Tuesday, we have this segment Spectrum. That's how esports um, really. Yes, uh, we want people to be exposed to what the current labor market situation is. I will talk about things that you normally don't hear strangers talk about. Catch Spectrum on Tracks FM, looking into matters relating to youth, arts, and culture. Stay tuned. Welcome back to uh, Spectrum on Tracks Momentum. I'm Anil on the mic. And today we're speaking about advocating and supporting gifted children. And our guest in the studios is Florence Chua. She's a gifted advocate. Florence, welcome back to the discussion. Now, Florence, before the break, uh, we sort of gave a teaser to our listeners saying that, you know, we want to hear success stories because that sort of serves as an impetus. You know, it galvanizes their hopes for parents who are raising children like this that, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is hope for these children to grow up, to become useful human beings for society. But you gave me a very unique perspective in the break, which I'm sure is much better and nicer to hear it from your own mouth as well. So take it away, Florence. Okay. Mm. So um, I kind of want to throw this question back to you. Mm. What is your definition of success? Mm. You know, um, but coming from a perspective of a gifted individual, mm-hmm. for them, success is what brings meaning to them, fulfilling, fulfillment, mm. you know, making a difference to the world. Mm. So an example would be a, 
um, there was one lawyer mm. when he found out he was gifted and he embraced it and went for therapy and he realized that he gave up his high flying job mm. and just go and do pro bono stuff. Wow. Yeah, and he was so much happier. Mm. Yeah, before that he was just depressed and that's why he went to the you know mm-hmm. psychiatrist. So another three is just another example. Okay. Um. So I guess to parents, mm. um, as much as you wish that they could be like the top doctors or whatever, whatever. Mm. Ultimately, their mental health is most important. Yeah. So what brings meaning to them? Because mm. they are still making a difference in the world. Yeah. Just maybe not the difference that you want them to mm. make. And, and also, from what I observe, gifted people attract gifted. So they kind of like, they can't fit in like big companies or what, you know, mm. because socially. But they, they pair up with each other complementary and they do their own thing. Yeah. 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 And they invent their own things. I mean, they still can work for companies, but... Mm. There is there's ways around it, you know. Yeah. That's not like oh they're gone. Yeah, know? yeah, things like that. You know, just as you're talking about that, I'm I'm reminded by this one, uh, a reel that I came across recently, and it featured Sadhguru, uh, the, the very popular mystique in India who owns the Isha Ashram. So someone asked him about raising children, and uh, his reply to that, no, so basically the question was, so Sadhguru, how do I raise my children? So he says, if you want to raise children, don't raise them. Go raise cattles. <laughs> don't raise children. You know, he says that, you know, re- uh, having a child is a 20-year project if the child turns out well. Otherwise, it's a lifelong project, <laughs> raising a child. And he says that, you know, the way, the approach of philosophy you need to take when you're raising a child is like when you are planting seeds for plants to grow. You plant them, you nurture them, you cultivate them, and then you take a step back and you see them grow. And you guide them, you guide them. And the guidance is in the sense that, you know, you're pruning and the weeding and clearing the soil and then just letting them grow. Your thoughts on that, Florence? Um, I like that word planting seeds. I use that a lot. Mm. Yeah, so like um, oftentimes with my children, mm. I would try to get to know what they're thinking. <laughs> yeah, because oftentimes they, they kind of go into this negative false beliefs that they have. Mm. Yeah, like I think even myself when I was young, I thought that, my, you know, my parents didn't love me if they left me overnight, mm. that sort of thing. Yeah. So when I grew up and I didn't dare leave my child overnight, my baby, because I was thinking that my baby would take the same thing. Mm. Yeah, but so now I know if I'll do that to my child, I'll tell them, oh, mommy's mm. just going to take a break for a night. I love you, you know. So communication okay. is very important to, to them because they're, they're very, um, I guess, sensitive. Mm. They're mm. extremely sensitive and they look for deep relationships. So that's why they often can't find much friends in school because not everyone is just looking for deep relationships hmm. at a young age. So that's wow. why they, like in one minute, oh, I'm, I'm your best friend. The next minute, they're like, I don't friend you. But they take it so personally, they come home very depressed. Hmm. And, but when I move them to a higher grade, hmm. then that happens less because they're a bit more mature. So yeah, to me, that's a success, right? Okay. Like he used to not want to go to school, but when I, you know, sort of accelerated him and then, he likes mm. to go to school. That, to me, that is like success, mm-hmm. you know. So segue, just segue a little bit um, because you, you, you brought up about, you know, uh, these children wanting to have deep relationships. So let's talk a little bit about parenting. So if your son was to come back home and tell you, mommy, you know, I can't have friends. None of my friends maybe think the way I do. Yeah. And I'm always alone at, uh, in school. What am I to do, mommy? Um, basically for him, mm. actually the first day itself, he's like, 
this guy's my best friend. Straight away, come back, his best friend. I was like, oh. yeah, that's how deep they want the relationships wow. to be. I was like, um, we don't really have to have best friends. It's good to have many So they friends. go all out. Yeah. In, oh. At five, six, yeah. And they can't find it because the next day, the fuller don't friend him and then he gets so sad. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so I did tell him that everyone's different. Mm. And I, for me, I believe it's better to just tell them that they're a bit different. Mm. Yeah, so that they don't take it so personally. Mm. Yeah, and, and I tell them that that's why we have avenues to meet up with like-minded, yeah. which they can be friends with. Mm. Mm. And I think he's lucky. He probably has someone who's also gifted in the class and he makes six. Right. Yeah, lucky him. Lucky him. Lucky him. Okay, yes. okay. Great. Florence Chua, I must say, is a very, very eye-opening conversation. Uh, you are such a wonderful personality to speak to. And, uh, well, yeah, time is uh, of the essence. We're short of time. But before I let you go, you have any personal messages out there for all the parents who are tuning in, who, feel, who believe, after speaking to you, that perhaps their child is gifted? Hmm. What's your message to them? Um, for me, hmm. please try to understand them. Like, okay. it doesn't matter what the label is, but really try to understand your child mm. um, in its time and, and effort. Mm. Um, and we all work in progress. So parents too, have patience for yourself. Mm. You know, please seek therapy for yourself. Okay. And then you can be there for your child fully. Mm. And okay. So nothing to be worried about and nothing to be sad about having a gifted child. They're destined for greatness. Yes. They just need a little bit more attention compared to other children. Yeah? Definitely. All right. Florence Stewart, thank you so much for setting aside your time. I wish you nothing but success. On behalf of everyone here at Tracks FM, we wish you nothing but success in all of your endeavors. And we look forward uh, to having you again in the studio. Yeah, me too. Have a great day. Take thank care, Florence. You. All right. And I just wrapped up a very interesting conversation with Florence Stewart. We were speaking about advocating and supporting gifted children. Very insightful conversation. If you missed out on this uh, interview that I had with Florence, don't worry, you can head straight back onto our Facebook page, Attracts FM Official, and replay the entire conversation there. Time on the clock is 15 minutes into the second hour, and in 10 minutes we'll be crossing over to our friends at the RTM News Centre for the 12 o'clock news updates. And then right after that, as usual, Anil on the mic will be back for the third hour of Tracks Momentum. In the meantime, here's Back at One by Brian McKnight. You're listening to Tracks FM's podcast. If you've enjoyed our content, more podcasts are available on the RTM Click app and website. Let us know what you think. Please email us at tracksfm.rtm at gmail.com. Like and follow us on social media at Tracks FM Official.